0: Jeff Coburn, we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. We've been involved in this uh, Why We Love Disney Park series, and we have been through all of the Asian parks Shanghai, Hong Kong, Tokyo Disneyland, and Tokyo Disney Sea. Well, today we head off to Disneyland Paris. Be sure, as you listen to us or as you have a chance later on, Check out our notes page. It has lots of great videos and links, particularly to some videos on our YouTube page that are uniquely only available uh, through YouTube. They are old Disney Imagineering videos that no one else has reproduced, and they give you an incredible in-depth view and understanding of how the Disneyland Parises were were created. So any rate, sit back and enjoy because we've got a great podcast for you today. Disneyland Paris. And to do so today, I am so, so pleased to have a longtime friend and, uh, and uh, colleague of, of many years, uh, Drew Osler. Drew,
1: welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. Longtime listener, first time on the show.
0: So, Drew not only brings experience of having been at Disneyland Paris, but Drew was a cast member with the uh, Walt Disney Company uh, for a number of years. And in that role, which was uh, in finance, he uh, had the opportunity to um, help us, if I say this right, Drew, support Disney in terms of looking at what it would do, what it would take to Really reinfuse the magic into Disneyland, Paris, and to get it from a show quality level
1: back up to snuff. Would that Would that be a fair uh, description? Yes, very fair. So it was really a great opportunity for me because it was a special project. Now, at the time this is 2015, uh, at the time you might recall, Bob Chapic was just um, placed in the role of chairman. At that time, it was Walt Disney Parks and Resorts. So he was new to that role. And as part of that, he asked um, a project be started to prepare Disneyland Paris Resort for their 25th anniversary. And I'm sure we'll get into this, how beautiful this resort is, especially Disneyland Paris, what a beautiful park it is. But that being said, you know, one of the the concerns that's been dating back to its inception has been the upkeep. And so I, at the time, in my role in finance, was over the upkeep or the engineering services for some of the parks in Florida. And so I was the finance lead for this project to help figure out um, what is the problem, right? Can we, can, we, can we figure out what the problem with the upkeep with the park is, and what's it gonna cost to help bring it up to a more sparkling, you know, Disney standard, right, to, to plus it. And so that was a really great opportunity to see not only how they function, but then to see um, how they can improve the park because it really is a fantastic park.
0: And you know, Disney's ultimate gift eventually to uh, Disneyland Paris for its 25th, I make him a little little bit afterwards, but uh, was that they bought up the uh, the shares, of stock that were outstanding that allowed the Walt Disney Company to take ownership and thus control of the guest experience in a way that it really kind of wasn't able to in in years prior so um so that was that was a huge blessing and since then uh Disneyland Paris has been on a whole new role um not having first gone and revitalized many of its legacy attractions but then uh, a whole new uh set of experiences that are getting underway at Walt Disney Studios Park which we'll talk about a little later but let's first head to to the to the Disneyland Paris's first park and uh for those who haven't been there what's so cool about it is that the Disneyland Hotel sits at the entrance of this with a garden setting Fantasia Gardens and and let me tell you if you can get there in the spring or summer it's just it's just so, and we will use terms like gorgeous and beautiful and stunning. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. So sorry that we, we should have brought up a thesaurus of <laughs> synonyms yeah. for those three words before we got into it. But it is really, really very beautiful. And then as you go in, you you meet up with the, well, that's where you hit the tra- turnstiles. And, and then uh, subsequently you go in right after that to the train station and on into Uh, Main Street, USA. Um, Anything about stepping into Main Street? Anything that really stands out about that experience?
1: Well, yeah, I just want to go back a little bit because you mentioned the Fantasia Gardens, and I I totally agree. So like you, I grew up going to Disneyland and loving it, right, and just thinking it's the greatest thing ever. Now, unfortunately, uh, unlike you, I've not been over to Asia, and and you've talked about even just, I guess, two podcasts ago, right, the beauty of Disney Sea. And, and Disneyland Tokyo, or Tokyo, Tokyo Disneyland Park. But to mm-hmm. me, this park is again, for meaning Europe and, and the US, to me, this is the most beautiful park. And it really begins at those Fantasia Gardens because depending on how you get there. And so for, for me, I got off the train. And so the train literally drops you right in front of Fantasia Gardens. It's super convenient. And then like you said, unlike what you have at the Esplanade in, say, California, it's this beautiful garden you can kind of just wander around. And then as you do that, you see the hotel that is, as we said, gorgeous, right? Um, But it just really is that great, um, it really sets the scene for um, heading through the turnstiles onto Main Street, USA. And so it really puts you in a wonderful mood, again, beautiful scenery. And then as you go under, you know, through the turnstiles under the hotel, it's really a fantastic sort of, um, start your trip, seeing down main street to, um, uh, to the beautiful castle.
0: So main street, uh, borrows a lot of the architecture from the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. With the exception of town square, the train station, city hall, what uh, would be the, um, the Town Square Theater or Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln at Disneyland. That that right side as you enter is actually the trolley station. It's not a little barn tucked in the corner or a gate leading out. It's, it's, it's got its own real uh, formality right there. And uh, so all those buildings are quite different. And then a couple of the buildings along the street are, are changed out just a little bit like Main Street Motors. Um, But I think the real difference on Main Street that really stands out for me are the arcades that run on each side toward the back. Now, Tokyo Disney uh, just built a big roof over their uh, uh, World Bazaar, which is like their Main Street. Tony Baxter really wanted to keep that open, especially as it rolled into summer so you could feel like you were in the outdoors. And so the compromise was to build these long hallways. We call them arcades, but they're really kind of very long hallways, but to call them hallways is to do a disservice because they're beautifully executed. Um, One side on the left side celebrates the Statue of Liberty and all things Americana. Uh, The other side kind of celebrates... um, on the right side celebrates inno- inventions and, yep. um, and innovation and creativity. And so these are, and, and what's very cool, and this is really important because now, uh, one of my visits was in the dead of winter. It was like the last week of, of January, first week of February, and it was stunningly cold. And so it I I became an expert on how you could yeah. nearly get to the back of Fantasyland without being exposed to the elements. And there is there is a way to do that. You go down the left side arcade and then you kinda of cut over through the stockade at Frontierland and then you weave into the adventureland, the bizarre area, and uh, and then you kinda of weave out and you can almost make it to Pirates of, almost make it to Pirates of the Caribbean by staying under under one roof but uh or under some kind of cover but um but it is one of the and we'll show this in the in the notes page we have lots of images of this to kind of showcase of this anything else on main street that really stands out for you
1: yeah i mean i would just echo that completely the arcades are so cool and and for those of us who you know read about um you know the arcade coming to um, you know, at one point, going to, to Disney World, going to Magic Kingdom, and, and these plans that never happened, right? And we say how, in Imagineering, you know, these ideas never die, right? And there's, we see them resurrected later. So this was one, mm-hmm. when I went there, it was so cool to finally see it. And I totally agree. It's it's great to, I mean, yes, it, it's a great compromise, but it's great to avoid the elements that can be bad um, or cold in in Paris. And, And I loved it, too, because when I was there, I I don't know if it was the time of the year or just what, if it's normally this way, but it was so quiet. And so it's such it was such a peaceful, relaxing stroll to walk down through the arcades, especially for me. I love the 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 Discovery Arcade, which goes to Discovery Land, Um, because Mm -hmm. the the amount of detail there is incredible. And that's what I I love about Disneyland Paris. There's so much detail throughout the park. That's um, really just seeing Imagineering at some of their best, and so that's what's really exceptional. And then, especially... and what I loved about that arcade is I could hang
0: a left halfway through and get to the cable car bake shop. Yes, yes, <laughs> with very little effort. And, and uh, we, uh, you are probably much more of uh, an Epicurean than I am, <laughs> Drew. But but I I am I have not had. Uh, I'm, I'm very short on my list of amazing restaurant experiences. Although the California, I think it's called the California grill at, um, at the Disneyland hotel is, uh, is a very, um, uh, a very good experience. Um, yeah. California grill. Um, but I, I tended to hang out a lot. Of, I, I guess carbs are really a comfort food. Yes, exactly. Internationally. But, at any rate I'm sorry I interrupted you on the no, and, on the uh...
1: no I totally agree and you can never go wrong with carbs at Disney right especially on <laughs> on any main street but but no I just th- I mean you said those arcades are great and especially because they they kind of show to especially on the Liberty side the relationship between France and the US right so they kind of tell the story yes. of Statue of Liberty which is really cool um, for all you sort of historians out there but um, but the, the last thing I was going to say that, um, that's cool about Main Street is, is like you said, they, they pull elements from the Magic Kingdom. Um, but then it's interesting because you see Sleeping Beauty's castle down there. And mm. it's great, right? And we know how they, as they went to build the castle, they were sort of perplexed because how do you build a castle where literally within driving distance there's these famed castles that, <laughs> that so many things are based on? And I, I thought it was yes. wonderful – how they said, well, let's do Sleeping Beauty's castle and do some sort of that stylized art that we see in Sleeping Beauty. And it's just beautiful, right? Down from the castle itself to the, um, to the grounds, right? To the, the trees and the grass. And so seeing that, especially for those of us that only kind of know Disneyland and, uh, um, and the magic kingdom to see that different castle was really cool to then walk toward it. Right.
0: Oh, absolutely. And in, in fact, I, I tend to go left or right. When I go into a park, I don't tend to usually go through the castle. The castle is more welcoming because, you know, at the magic kingdom, there's often a show or something going on in preparation there. Um, at, um, at, at at the Sleeping Beauty Castle for Disneyland Paris they were so smart to put a show uh, area on the on the right as you face it. Yep, yep. so they're able to do these great shows and not interrupt the guest experience who just wants to walk into it and just experience it right there and then. Um, but we will come back to Fantasyland a little later. Uh, let's let's move either left or right. what's your what's your what's your uh, preference there? True. Frontierland or Tomorrowland?
1: Yeah, let's go to Discoveryland, uh, which Discovery you know land, is thank you. which is there Tomorrowland, right? And yes, and 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 yes, I I totally agree that it's great how they have that stage on the right of the castle because there's a little more space there, but there's still then space to have you head over to to Discoveryland, which which is great again because it sort of you know it it honors you know some of the French writers right. Jules Verne and scientists and, and some of their yeah, scientists, and, right? Yeah, yes. and their, their, their search for the future and how they view yeah. what tomorrow would be like. And so it's really cool because it's, it's very, very different than, than the other Tomorrowlands that we're familiar with. And so just from the get-go, as you walk into it, you're sort of more open to see, oh, this is a new place. And that's kind of a cool start to it.
0: It really has a very distinct uh, look to it. Uh, compared to other Tomorrowlands, uh, of all the attractions, what what do you love most when you come to Discoveryland?
1: Well, this is going to sound really nerdy, but uh, we are Disney nerds. But so there's a lot of great things, but the coolest thing is uh, the Cafe Hyperion, right? Is which is just a normal sort of um, uh, quick service place to eat. Now inside, they have a fairly cool. Jedi Academy, their version of the the Jedi Academy, which is great. Mm -hmm. But the cool thing of it is they have the Zeppelin um, from the island um, at the top of the world.
0: So you are a man after my own heart. I cannot believe that you are bringing island at the top of the world. I want you to know that my attendance at that movie when it premiered doubled the box office (laughs) Seat, yes, yes, exactly. Which tells you how much I love Island <laughs> yes. at the top of the world and how terribly it did at the and box. This, office yeah. At the same time. But here is this balloon and it's so fantastic. And yes, yes, keep going.
1: And this is this is why we're friends, right? Because and because the thing is it's not even an attraction. It's it's a restaurant. Um but you see it there and it's beautiful. And so yes, I I grew up watching that. And i am perplexed why people don't like it because it's not yes it is it's a it's a very you know quaint movie um, didn't win any awards but loved it Disney classic film and so seeing that that Zeppelin there is is awesome um, and it, it, it again it really plays well to that that theming now that and aside and curse you
0: and curse you Disney Plus for not having it I on, know exactly on Disney Plus what is going on there that you do not have that there so. So the complement to the to the Hyperion being there is to have the 20,000 Leagues submarine in the lagoon. Yes. And and to be able to it's not a ride but it is a um the I don't my French is yeah, not very good. But but what you what they are so clever about is you descend, you see the Nautilus it's sitting there, you descend these steps it looks like you are going right into the ship and it unfolds. Um, everything from the film just unfolds, including the squid. It's all just beautifully uh, laid out in this little uh, exhibit.
1: Yeah, and and you're right. It is it is just a walkthrough. But even though we say just a walkthrough, it is a great attraction. And especially if you're a fan of, of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, um, it is really great. Again, attention to detail. It's beautiful to walk through. Never, you know, never a, a long queue. And so that's really fun to go to. Um, I highly recommend that. And then, you know, and then right next to it. Um, oh, yeah.
0: By the way, there's another little attraction right next. What's just, the name yeah, of that? Uh, this,
1: this little thing called <laughs> Space Mountain. So, so, and it's, you know, kind of like, it's kind of unique because it was it was Space Mountain. They then sort of made some changes to it it's now Space Mountain um, Mission 2. Like, um, like California, though, they, they've done the overlay with Hyperspace Mountain. But the difference being, um, well, one, as we noted, it has the, the theming to sort of the, you know, scientist of, of yore. Um, but it has not only an inversion but it has mm-hmm. a, a exterior launch. So very unique in the Space Mountain, um, the Space Mountains of, of Disney, that it's the, it's the only one to have that. Um, so it's, it's similar
0: to, it's a little similar to um, the one at Incredible Hulk at Islands of Adventure, in the sense that you kind of get up into into, um, into position, a sort of vertical position, and then you're kind of kicked back and launched out Yes. Like you were in a cannon, yes. Um, so um, and and, it, and it at rapid speed. So this is like space mountain meets um, rock and roller coaster meets steampunk, all Absolutely. together. Yeah, oh, and, space, and, and Star Wars. <laughs> exactly, way, Star Wars <laughs>
1: and Star Wars. Which yeah, which I you know I haven't been. Been on it when it's been themed to star wars so i haven't seen the hyperspace mountain so i'm I, i'm i'm curious how that plays out because it feels a harder ask compared to what they do at disneyland which i think they do it great um but yeah because because there's that very um heavy steampunk design to it um but yes it, it is similar in that to rock and roller coaster in that you have that launch um but then as you get inside a little more similar to what we were familiar with um, for other Space Mountains. But just a really fun twist. Uh, this is kind of a lot what you see, I think, for me with Disneyland Paris is a lot of similarities. So a lot of f- mm-hmm. familiarity to what you know. But then in some ways, things that are new, but also things like Space Mountain that we are familiar with, but in a slightly different way, a, a kind of a twist to it. And that's kind of fun to have that, of, to see things that you kind of see the Imagineers said, how can we look at this differently? And we'll get to some other attractions that, that really that do that exemplify that yeah and so this is kind of the first that kind of shows that yeah no i
0: love that thank you let's move to Fantasyland. um you've already talked about the castle um and we'll have a link to a previous podcast that i did with tom morris in which he talks about uh that experience and um and an experience he had with eddie soto um in our disney at work podcast uh, I love the fact that you can go up into this castle and there are these beautiful um, tapestries. There are these beautiful stained glass windows, statues. It is an art gallery that symbolizes the story of, represents and retells the story of Sleeping Beauty. Um, but wait, that's not all because descend below and what do you get?
1: Yes. So I was going to say, I totally agree that that is beautiful, but um, one of the highlights for me, and I actually think when I did this, I actually, I think I, I texted you cause I was so excited to see this is, <laughs> is they have, they have the dragon, um, below the castle. And so yeah. it's so unique, right? That you, again, we see this beautiful castle, we see the tapestries, we see the grounds, but then you can go down, um, again, just, just a. A walkthrough and it's so well done right you see the dragon breathe you see the smoke come out Um, just a fun uh, fun experience to kind of take people down and see
0: what other things do you what stands out that you love most about fantasyland
1: yeah so that was some um, that was some of them Um, I think probably the next thing would be Alice's labyrinth yeah so this one is is really great, and um, you know, there's we've had other parks that they've talked about doing this, right? So like the uh, the famed uh, Beastly Kingdom that was going to come to Animal Kingdom, this there were plans for a labyrinth like this. Well, this is cool because well, there actually is one, and so especially if you love Alice in Wonderland, it's really fun because um, they have you know just it's it's a labyrinth with. with a lot of great um, landscaping. And then as you go through, you see characters, you know, from from the film. And then there's a part of it that's really great is, is you can, um, you know, it's kind of a, like, castle-like structure that you can go up and there's slides and stuff. But it's cool because you can get up a little bit higher to see other parts of the park. So it's a really great view to kind of see throughout the park. And so again, it's a walkthrough, but, you know, a fun a fun thing to do.
0: When we talk about the beauty of the park, I think this is one of the places that really stands out because they weaved water elements around Dumbo and around the Mad Tea Party, and then added a lot of um, floral and topiary arrangements. And then you talked about the beauty of Alice's uh, Curious Labyrinth. All of it together is just, and when you stand on those higher elevations that you mentioned in the labyrinth, you just look down on this and you see it and it's just, uh, it, it is truly one of the most beautiful fantasy lands, just how it just lays itself out before you. There's a roof for inclement weather over the Mati party, but it's this beautiful glass roof um, that is is done well. Um, uh, did you have a chance to do either Casey or uh, Storybook Land? Yeah, so,
1: so, yes, I was going to say that. That's probably my sort of last part that i would highlight it's really great because it's 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 behind the labyrinth so kind of they're they're both behind it and kind of in the back of the park so it's a little bit a a, a bit away it's actually outside the berm past the railroad tracks and so
0: so you can miss it if you don't look for it correct
1: and i've i've always sort of been made fun of because i've always loved those attractions at at disneyland and they're great here too um for a couple reasons. One, it is kind of quiet back there. Uh, Casey Jr.'s is great, but especially the storybook land canals are really cool because they're a bit different uh, than what you're used to in California. And just a really beautiful setting, again, just really done well. Um, it's, it's fun to see how some of those things are, are different. So for example, they have um, a scene from The Wizard of Oz and so that was really cool to see that really you
0: very weird. We'll include a photo. Yeah. The, so you uh, wouldn't expect notes. that, it's right? just It stands out really weird. But yeah. hey, it was from Return to Oz for the, those who can go way back to the '80s. Yes. It was intended, I guess, to celebrate Return to Oz. But um, yeah, it's 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 and it's the boat is not uh, narrated. It's really carried on a cable, and under the water, it's a kind of and it kind of kind of zips a little faster than your. It isn't quite as enchanting as the one at Disneyland. I, I really kind of prefer the Disneyland versions, but it's still so cool to see, and it's it's just an it's a, it's a wonderful addition to yeah. Yeah. to what they have there. I think it's very cool that they used um, they they chose to put Peter Pan's flight, um, which is a little more modern than medieval. Uh, they pushed it toward the back and toward the left and used it as a transition piece to its neighboring attraction pirates of the caribbean so you got captain hook on one side you got pirates on the other it's just this great little transition piece as you go from adventureland to Fanta- uh, uh fantasyland to adventureland and by the way i also say we'll talk more about uh, i have a podcast that talks about it's a small world was there anything you wanted to say about Small
1: World? Um, no, it's uh, it's, it's there. great. It's there. Um, it's yeah, it, but nothing really stands out about it compared to, you know, the some of the exterior differences. You have Magic Kingdom, or in California having some of the Disney characters, and and you actually on a recent podcast I think talked about this of the difference between those. Right. And so yeah, it's it's so we'll there, put a link. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll put a link uh, to that, and that'll give you a good idea of how it compares to the others. I think much more interesting is is to head to Pirates of the Caribbean, yes. um, which has... Tony's vision for this was to kind of reverse some elements of it and to put the skeleton sections that we normally see at the front, especially if you ride the Disneyland version, make them to be the consequence or the reality when you pillage and plunder and raffle and loot, um, at the end of the experience. So it, so everything is kind of in a different order. Um, but it's all very much, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. They don't have a blue bayou. Uh, they do have a lovely restaurant, um, called the blue lagoon, um, that, um, has that been changed? I guess it's been changed to be called Captain Jack's um, Pirate Restaurant or Restaurant de Pirates or whatever. But anyway, so that is no longer called uh, Blue Lagoon, but um, but it is overlooking the tropical sands and waterways. And you can see the guests kind of coming by in their boats. So that's kind of a cool uh, aspect. Yeah. Pirates
1: yeah and i would say so full disclosure my favorite attraction in all disney parks is parts of the caribbean in disneyland um thank you thank, thank you, you. Ab- again this yes. is why we are brothers. Exactly. So exactly so absolutely wonderful so i do have a bias but i you know so it was so exciting to go wow this is great like what's it going to be like i mean we know in magic kingdom it's different it's shorter and so i was so on the edge of my seat because knowing how it is different, but then actually seeing it. And so you're right from the get go. It's really great because um, well done queue. And as you go inside, um, you know, you're then, you know, outside um, or it's it's themed that way. And you um, you go by the Blue Lagoon. Now, I don't know if it's still I, I assume it's all still, still called the Blue Lagoon as far as on the attraction to whereas um, like when you board Lafayette's Landing, um, and in Anaheim, you pass by, um, you you know, pass by the people dining. The Blue Bayou. At the Blue Bayou, you're correct in that they changed it to Captain Jack's. Now, when I was there, it still was the Blue Lagoon, and um, a little bit sad to say, it, it wasn't anything to write home about as far as the food. I would imagine it's probably similar now, perhaps not, but, but it was so, the
0: worst French dining experience I've so, ever had in my entire was, life. So, I'm sorry to say it was so disappointing. That was the one Danny experience yes. I was looking forward to and it. it disappointed.
1: So for me, when I was there, it was, well, I guess I'm here for the experience because this is a beautiful setting, but the food definitely isn't worth it. And so that's, that, that's what it was. Right. Um, and then going on the attraction yeah. was, was, was obviously great. And like you said, it is is great how it is um, sort of flipped that way, um, so it is a different approach to it. Um, but then you know, with that, um, it was great uh, to see the the sort the sword fight, you know, which we don't have. Um, yeah. In the park. Yeah, the and which
0: they also, and I don't know if they have this anymore, but if you remember. Uh, they had at one point Tarzan, uh, a pirate swinging across in the same way that Tarzan used to swing across. But I've heard also that that was removed, but I wasn't so certain if it was removed or it just wasn't in operation. In operation, yeah. But they, uh, that's actually um, uh, another element that was unique to it. But I'm not sure that that's still around anymore. I'll I tell you what I love more than pirates. And I, I do I do like their pirates. I don't have a problem with their pirates. I really but but when it comes to um a a a pirate pirates the the whole adventure isle in the center there is no tom sawyer island but there and there is no jungle cruise but they have created uh, a a lagoon a river kind of thing uh, with a big island set of islands in the middle and that's called adventure isle and it's very much like tom sawyer where you go across bridges and go into caves there's a pirate galleon and a skull rock which is very reminiscent of and and this is so tony baxter this is so reminiscent of the early fantasy land before the 84 remodel when there used to be what was known as the tuna boat the the captain cook captain hook uh, yes. pirate ship with a uh, with Skull Rock, but that was so cool as a kid. So to come back to that and see that uh, it plays out beautifully here. There's also a Swiss Family um, uh, Treehouse, and that also is uh, um, uh, available here. And so it's it's a great place to go explore, and I think it's the centerpiece of Adventureland.
1: I I absolutely agree, and it's um, because it's really great. So I. Unfortunately for me, uh, School Rock was gone before I uh, visited Disneyland, but, um, but I grew up loving Swiss, Fam- with Swiss Family Treehouse. And so seeing that there, seeing School Rock, and especially if you are, if you have children or if you're like me and you just act like a child, um, it's a great place to go because it's just so fun to explore, um, to go see all the little, you know, hidden details. Um, and if you're a pirate at heart, um, it's just really fun. So I totally agree. It is a, it is a fun, fresh take, and a really fun times to spend kind of exploring.
0: Indiana Jones and the Temple of Peril.
1: Yes, yeah, so this is, so as you pass Adventure Isle, this is at the back of the park, really butts yeah. up to the cast areas. Um, and I would say um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's funny, again, a little bit nerdy here, um, one of the highlights is the queue, um, really fun queue. And if you're an Indiana Jones fan, there's a lot of fun details as you wind through that queue. And, and at least when I was there, um, and I, I believe this is kind of the case, it's, it's, it's typically, um, you know, one of the more uh, ridden attractions. Um, mm-hmm. So you do spend time in a queue, but a very beautifully well-done queue. Now, they've, um, I guess it's been a few years now, um, but they've now changed it to where it goes backwards. Um, yes, I, I've written it backwards. Yeah, so I did it backwards, um, and it, it was fun. I mean, when you really um, sort of uh, break it down, it's, it's sort of a mouse um, coaster-type, you know, mm-hmm. ride. Um, and it, it, the, the theming goes well because you're sort of at this excavation site. Um, so you know it was it's it's obviously nothing like nor I, I don't think it was planned to be like uh, the Indiana Jones attractions in Tokyo or Anaheim, um, but it's a fun attraction that you know you can go. It is it...
0: actually the same one as you find at Tokyo Disney Sea in um, next to yes, the Indiana yes. Jones Adventure. Yes. it is exactly the same, but they don't run it backwards in Tokyo. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I it, it's not something. I can, I, I say to myself, I got to go on this again and again and again and again, yeah. but it's, it's great and you should check it out.
1: Yeah. I would say if you are a fan of Indiana Jones adventure in Disneyland, I would say just, um, you should probably go check this out, but just temper yeah. the, the expectations that it's, it's not intended to be anything like that. And if you go with that, yes. then I think you'll have fun. But like you said, you probably won't write it multiple times.
0: Right. Yeah, it's, it's like raging spirits in Tokyo Disney, but it ain't no Indiana Jones adventure. Yeah. yeah. So, now I think this is good that we're kind of ending our, our time at Disneyland Paris in that in that park with Frontierland because as I as we kind of gone around the circle Drew, I have to say I think this is my favorite land um in the park. I the French love a good western yes. and Disney delivers the western. Um, and I, I have to back up and start from the central, one of my favorite aspects of the, um, one of my favorite aspects of this is that you walk into a fort stockade kind of experience and you can go walking up and climbing up to these upper areas, kind of like you do when you're in, um, Tom Sawyer Island in the, in that, um, and that's for it. But they have all these different scenes of Davy Crockett and others that, that play out in all these different murals. And I just, I love the detail. I love the story. I love the, the sense of arrival that comes with this. Um, as you stand there at the entrance on, on these upper decks, you have a beautiful view of Frontierland. And, at the, and the centerpiece of it is clearly Big Thunder Mountain. And, uh, Drew, this is a fant- This is my favorite big thunder, uh, of all of them. Uh, tell us, tell us what, uh, what you love about this.
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. It's, it's a wonderful land. And, and like you said, the, the centerpiece, uh, being big thunder railroad, it's hard to top when it's, it's the island itself. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's just so beautifully well done. Um, that in and as you're on on the railroad you know looking around and and seeing the river around you seeing the rest of frontier land i really love what the Imaginers did to to take this different routes um because like i said you know and for those of us that you know grew up or live in sort of the the west in the americas um it does pay homage to that and so really fun to go on that attraction now that being said i think i might like um their haunted mansion which is phantom manor perhaps mm. better i, I don't yeah, know sure it, it's cool sure, i get but, it but that sort of the story moves over there and it's really great because it's it's across the water there and um similarly right re-themed to more of a um western type look and so it's really great to then look at all the differences you know there compared to other haunted mansions and they, it they... looks
0: like a scary house when you yes, it. yes unlike, yeah unlike unlike the ones in and magic kingdom and disneyland this one this one looks intimidating yes and and it is intimidating it has a stronger sense of um wanting to to unnerve you uh perhaps uh, just to kind of it, it, it's it's a much more intense attraction i think at Phantom Manor than it is elsewhere. And I love, 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 love the ending of it, which goes down into this ghost town. Yes. And experiences. Um, and the mayor seems to look a lot like Dreamfinder. Yeah, <laughs> from, exactly. <laughs> from Journey to Imagination. So if you miss Dreamfinder, you may find <laughs> him. Phantom the place Yeah. He's now yeah. in charge. Yeah, and, and I know that seems totally bizarre to the French. Nobody gets it, but for us who've kind of dr- grown up on Figment and Dreamfinder, you kind of get that. But it is really a great. It is a great haunted mansion.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. And if you're um, um, if you're a fan of the haunted mansion, you know you can check out online. um, And and if you do go there before you go, you know, learn about the story about the attraction, you know, like all great Disney attraction, right? They, they have a wonderful backstory um, that, um, and you've seen this done very well with, um, with other attractions that have been changed, um, you know, like the Tower of Terror in Tokyo, right? Um, With uh, Mr. Hightower, right, and sort of changing those stories. Um. So this is a fun one. They they have a great backstory um, for it as well. So yeah, just really well done from start to finish.
0: So yeah, it's it is not a copy of the haunted mansion, but it is. It follows in that footstep. Yes. And for the most part, you get stretching rooms. You get um, you get the the main ballroom. You get the you get the attic. But you get a different set of events occurring in all of this. And so it plays out very differently in that regard. Yeah. So anything else about Disneyland Paris, uh, the park, uh, before we move on to Walt Disney Studios
1: park? Yeah, I just would kind of just to summarize like what I said at the beginning, which is it's just, there's so much to take in, obviously, that's new and different, but I just, it's, it's a really great park to enjoy because there's so many great details and care that were put into this by the Imagineers that it, it was just, it's a great park, obviously, if you have the time, just to take it in and just enjoy it on a park bench and, and see all that's, that's really great about it. Um, so I just highly recommend um, getting out there, obviously, once it's back and reopened. Um, but to me, that's the big takeaway is just all the, all the beauty of it.
0: So, um, Walt Disney Studios Park, we, we are making each of these parks an individual podcast, but I would be stretching it. And mind you, we've, we've done a good share of discussion around the other, but I would be stretching it to make this into a podcast, maybe another time, maybe after we add a few more things. But, the and, and we're glad to talk about what, has, what is coming because I think it's so needed. But um, this park, um, and if you, have, uh, if you watch the Imagineering series, they explained that they were under a deadline to build this park with no money uh, other, or lose the land, so to speak, or lose the right to put another park eventually there. So they had to put something there it is a modest park. It, it is hard to even say it's a half-day park. It is, it is the most, it is usually on the bottom. For those who've gone to a seen them all. this is at the bottom of the list. And, um, but, but this is not a conversation about what we hate most about parks. This is a conversation about what we love most about the parks. And so to keep it on a little bit on a more a positive note, um, let me just kick it off and say that they did enclose their main street here. It's a giant um, studio soundstage, so to speak. It's called Studio One. And I have a love-hate relationship with this puppy. I love the idea. I love the premise. There are even a few details I kind of like. And then there are other details like, oh, man, you really went on the cheap for this thing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> didn't you um but i but on a cold day you can appreciate it more than ever exactly <laughs> and so i have i have hustled uh i have hustled with my um with my uh hot chocolate to stay warm in there and i have appreciated it for that so i will give it i will give it that tell us what uh tell us what you love. And that that was pretty much my list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things I love. <laughs> I will now actually. I'm going to come back to catastrophe Kenya in a minute. I will also say, um, um, rock and roller coasters there. You may want to talk about that. Um, Lights, Motors, Action is there. It's still there. They, in my opinion, they do it better there than we ever did it here. It's kind of been a French English thing. Um, they used to, I don't know if they still do it, they used to kind of recruit people and they were part of the scene uh, as all these cars were doing their thing. It was kind of cool. Uh, if you miss Lights, Motors, Action, you're going to love it here at um, at the uh, Walt Disney Studios Park.
1: Yes, I would I would totally Why agree. don't you take it from here? Yeah. Drew? <laughs> no, I, I would totally agree. And you're right. And this is more about why we love the parks and... Yes, I think it's it's more than fair to say this is the least desirable park in the world for Disney. That being said, the beautiful thing is there are a few gems in this park. And yeah. now, fingers crossed now, and I, you know, three months ago, I, I, I would have said, but wait in a few years, it's going to be fantastic. I'm a bit nervous how with uh, COVID-19 and how this pandemic plays out, what will be delayed and what will be on the chopping block for the expansion mm-hmm. coming to this park but if they do all come and or, or most of them that would be wonderful because there's a this park has a really great future so that's nobody needs it more than they and do. no one needs it more and so that will be fantastic now that being said and
0: europe is begging for more to come yeah i mean um so you know europe doesn't show up on your doorstep in the middle of february yes but europe shows up in the summer and it shows up in unbelievable numbers they they pretty much wipe out what they do the rest of the year in the two or three months of summer
1: yeah
0: and uh and and so they're they're hungry people are hungry for more attractions we'll talk about that yeah of the existing attractions what do you love
1: yeah, so I um, their lights, motors, actions, which is obviously the original one. I agree is is better. It's it can, and I I loved the one in in Florida, but it is a wonderful attraction. Now, part of the problem is a lot of these attractions that we like. My understanding is is they are going away. So that um, I I believe it is is going away for the um, Avengers. Um, Campus. Campus. I don't think it is. You don't. I think
0: okay. It, I think it's still staying, but um, but there are other changes happening, and the biggest one is that there was a backstage tram tour. Yes. And it is. They have stated that in 2020 they were going to reroute the thing and make it into what is called Cars Road Route 66 Road Trip Route 66 Road Trip which will allow them to keep catastrophe canyon and that's good because catastrophe canyon is the only thing you would ever want to keep yeah on the backstage tour all i can say is that there was this movie by christian uh christian bale long ago about dragons and you'd think that might make an interesting concept uh um but it was and and so they built a they built scenes out from this dragon movie. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name, Rain of Fire. And I, I need to just say it was, it was, it was borderline stupid. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was so bad. Um, but, uh, so that's all gone. And honestly, I wish they would have done this somehow. I, I'm thrilled to have, um, I'm so thrilled that they have, um, catastrophe, Kenya still. I wish we had kept that. I love star Wars galaxy's edge, but, um, but I am really, uh, really disappointed, um, that it is not, um, it's not there at, at, at Disney's Hollywood studios, but you can still catch it at Walt Disney, pa- uh, studios, Paris yeah yeah it, th- the that's other a, thing, yeah the other thing that has gone down for uh as part that ha- is part of the marvel land is rock and roller coaster correct and that's being made as part of that marvel campus um experience but i yeah. don't th- yeah so keep going
1: yeah sorry so, so i'll say yes so that's um that's kind of the and, and and frankly I think that's a that's a great upgrade because Rock and Roller Coaster, um, isn't as great in Paris as it is in in Florida, you know mainly being you see a lot where they, tried to save money right on some of, some of the details and so, the plan is it's going to be a, a Stark's coaster meaning after, um, mm-hmm. Tony Stark or I, I guess maybe his his, his father you know of Stark Industries so I have high hopes for this because you know assuming the ride track will be the same which I assume it will be this will be a great re-theme and then work well with the rest of um, the Avengers campus and so I'm I'm really looking forward to that as well as the Spider-Man ride um, that's planned to come there as well so that's something to really look forward to if i understand
0: the spider-man attraction which is going to be comparable to the one at disney california adventure that is um well underway um to open hopefully before the end of the year given the virus and all um that has taken the footprint of armageddon did you ever see armageddon
1: um thankfully not Um... i have to tell you I kind of liked it. I oh, really? It was <laughs> yes, of,
0: awesome. I, it was the wrong IP, but it was yes. still kind of in a cheesy way, kind of fun, yeah. and um, and it was just a lot of special effects kind of blowing up in your face in this in this room that you kind of stood around the, the in a donut shape. It, it was just kind of weird, but I I gotta say, you know, it was That's kind great. of kind of fun. Um, let's uh, and and while we're at on the art of Marvel or on Marvel. Let me just mention, I've stayed many times at the, at the New York um, hotel. Yes. um, One of the many hotels at Disneyland Paris, and they are now retheming that to be Disney's New York, the art of Marvel and putting in that Marvel overlay. So between the elements that we just discussed and this art of Marvel, if you love Marvel, this is a great place to show up um, is this, a complete renovation that's coming uh to the to the park within the next um year or two or whenever they again everything's kind of and you know not certain yeah additionally i just additionally there is a whole new frozen area similar to what seems to be similar to what the frozen addition being added to hong kong disneyland um and i think that's Um, they just, uh, they just say an attraction that will take them to the center of the kingdom. So whatever that means, that's where they're going. That's where they're going to go. So, but there is a new frozen land that eventually will show up. And then there's some kind of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge component. I don't think it's Rise and Millennium Falcon, but eventually... Some component of that, one or two probably will get to, to uh, to Paris as well. So uh, all around a larger lagoon that's coming in the backside. So yes. this is really like a doubling because it is possible to stand in one place, and look almost in every direction and see the park and say, I just saw the park.
1: Yeah, and it, it'll be great because, like you said, great for Marvel fans, right? With with all these new Marvel attractions and you stay at the New York and it's Marvel themed. Great. If you're a fan of frozen. Um, I like what you mentioned about the lake though, because you know, there was talk of having like a nice nighttime show, whether that's world of color or some variation on that, which would be great as well. My hope would be for star Wars land that, um, that they build it, because like you said, I've, I've heard that as well, that it, it won't necessarily be an exact copy of Galaxy's Edge in either Florida or California, perhaps it, they'll only have one of the attractions, I would hope they would it, it you know leave space to build one later, um, and there is plenty of space there, I recall when I was there, um, I actually went out for a run behind the park and there's just mm-hmm. if you go to google right there's endless space back there so yeah um there's definitely room for it so hopefully if not in this um this expansion now at least uh for for future phases but really you think of those um three lands with that lake really like you said increasing the size but really great theming um, that park's really going to take off they
0: the Tower of Terror follows the same footprint, the same model as Disney California Adventure. They haven't announced it. Would love to see a Guardians of the Galaxy overlay. Agree? Disagree?
1: I absolutely agree. So I, um, it's so it's funny. I am a huge fan of Florida's version. Yes. I'm Not a huge fan of California, and that that was from from day one. I mean, I I love that sort of Spanish mission architecture that it had. <clears throat> But that being said, I was still concerned, like many Disney files, of um, when they announced Guardian's uh, overlay. Once I heard Joe Rody was a part of it, I felt a lot more at ease. But then actually, half, after, after having gone on it, I was pleasantly thrilled. I love that attraction in California. Um, and it's, it's funny because it's so different than Florida in that I can't help but get off that attraction with a smile on my face. It's just so yes. jovial and positive. you laugh through it. Exactly. Your <laughs> laughter is great. So it's fun because it's amazing how very similar attractions, uh, you know, Florida and California, but they're so different with the outcome. Now, obviously, in Florida, what makes it really great is going through the fifth dimension. But so that being said, I would love to see them um, rethink this to Guardians – um, I mean, it's it's right there, right? I mean, technically, it's in the production courtyard, but it could be you know great to have it be there and be a part of the new uh, Avengers campus. Um, yeah. And so that would just, I think, be a huge win.
0: I'm, I'm working my way to what is probably the best attraction in place right now, and it will be a great link to what's coming yes. to Epcot. But on our way over there... Tell me about your thoughts on Crush's Coaster.
1: Yeah, so really, if you think about it, um, not only Crush's Coaster, um, but they also have um, uh, Cars Race Rally, uh-huh. and the, and they have the and flying, Lens
0: flying carpets. Mm-hmm.
1: And flying carpets. And so, you know, they're just there. I mean, they're, they're good. I mean, Crush's Coaster is kind of cool because... You kind of spin and it kind of moves around, um, so it takes a little bit of a different take on a more tame coaster. Um, so that and the others are are nice, but you could tell it was kind of just, hey, we need to bring in something, and something. we have this yeah. great IP, right? So they're, they're not terrible. Um, just how their Toy Story Playland, right, is is um, is you know the the sort of smaller versions um, that we have um, you know, compared to say Florida. So they are very nice.
0: Yeah. It uses the same three attractions that Hong Kong, um, that Hong Kong and Shanghai have both used the toy soldiers, parachute drop, the, um, slinky dog spin, not the coaster, the spin and then a toy story, uh, RC racer. Yeah. And I like the racer probably more than any of them. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah. And they're fun and and they're definitely to be enjoyed. But I think what you find is most guests walking past all those attractions to get to Ratatouille, which, like you said, really is the sort of crown jewel of this park. So
0: that is a perfect way to end this park because, you know, everybody's waiting out here uh, at Epcot for Ratatouille to open tell us what your experience was with this attraction and how it, it's compared to other experiences you've had
1: yes yeah, so it was great because as, as I was leaving I thought why is this not an Epcot right <laughs> and you know <laughs> thankfully three years later whatever where it's it's uh, finally coming to pass so it's really great and so to me there's kind of three elements one just the area is great um, because Um, and a bit ironically, right. It sort of takes you into Paris, which, you know, Paris is a short train ride, right away. Yeah. But really great theming, just sitting outside in, in this little, It's it's, it's sort of in this kind of back right of the park. And so it's kind of in the back there. And so just seeing it's beautiful out there, really great. Right. The Mm -hmm. second part is chef, um, chef Remy's restaurant, which is a really fun restaurant, um, because um, as you go to it in the waiting area, um, as you leave the, the the waiting area to go to your table, you are shrunk down to the size of Remy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's right next to um, the attraction. So you can see guests uh, boarding the attraction. And it's a really fun restaurant. Of course, you can buy Ratatouille and, you know... Well, you're sitting in a
0: restaurant with oversized elements, and so if you think about going to the Tinkerbell meet and greet at Magic Kingdom, where everything is larger than life, imagine dining in that kind of environment, a la French, um, and you get a real sense of of that, which unfortunately, I would have loved to have seen that added to Epcot. It's not coming in. Yes. Um,
1: But we do have the ride. So what about the ride? But yeah, so so that all leads up to the ride, which is just really fantastic. So for me, this was the first time I had um, experienced a um, sort of this the new generation of, of trackless ride systems, right? So we see the the power and the beauty of Rise of the Resistance and how that trackless system is so awesome, right? So yeah. this is the earlier um, version of that. Now clearly, it's it's not. To the level of, of intensity of rise of the resistance, but it's really great as you board the attraction and, and you notice there's there's no track, um, and so it's just really awesome because if you love this film, which like many of us I do, it really takes you into the film and they do a good job. You know what we've seen what we've seen tr- tr- um, traditionally with Universal of combining audio animatronics. Uh, props and then film screens to really bring you into the story, mm-hmm. and so it's really great as it sort of takes you, you know, through the kitchen and and kind of following um, the path of you would, you know, if you were a rat. It's just a really fun attraction.
0: I think that's why the trackless system works a little better. Yeah. correct, because it gives you you don't have that knowledge of where you're going next. Yes, and when it's going to make a left or a right. Winnie the Pooh's Winnie the Pooh's Honey Hunt in Tokyo. You just kind of know where the flow is going, and yeah, sometimes you kind of dance around the room like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. But here, this is a little bit more of a, a excuse the pun Wild Mouse. Right? Yes, you know, uh,
1: in the sense that you're kind of in a scurry,
0: um, yeah. hiding.
1: Yeah, and and especially there's a part where you're in the kitchen, right? And you're trying to avoid. Um, getting swatted and then you try to you, you 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 avoid the the fire from from the oven, oven. And, and as you're doing that it's really great to your point because um the other guests you know in in the other ride vehicles they're they're bobbing and weaving like you say kind of like a kind of like a mouse you know coaster and so it's really sort of unpredictable that way and and so yeah so for for fans of Epcot, people in florida going to disney world I think it'll be a very welcome addition to uh, the France pavilion.
0: I think given the fact that uh, uh, it's people are excited about it, it will not only have long lines, that long line will stretch six feet apart from each other all the way to the front. of the Yes,
1: yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Drew, thank you for helping us go through what we love about Disneyland Paris. Uh, uh, It's, Greatly
1: appreciated, and um, uh, we need to get you back on this podcast. I would love that. You know, I always love talking Disney, and and I would just say, so Disneyland Paris opened in 19, 1992, right? And as you know, as Euro Disney, and I remember two years later, my family, we took a trip to France, and I said, well, we're going to Paris. Let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> Which they, which, which they thought was the most strangest thing because we, we live in California. And I'm like, but it's different. And so with that being said, unfortunately, we didn't go, but I, 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 I obviously finally was able to attend. But what I would say if, you know, once we get through this pandemic um, and, and people are, you know, hopefully traveling again, if you're heading out to Paris – it is a very simple and quick train ride um, yeah. out to Disneyland. Beautiful. Beautiful, very efficient, very clean. Love their transportation. Obviously, we'll see how things play out with social distancing, but it's really simple to get there. And it's even if you only have a day, it's a really great place to get. So I'm a huge fan of this park and and, and look forward to all the additions coming because it really has a bright future. Thank you again. Appreciate you, Drew. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: We thank you for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast. Remember, check out our notes page, which has not only scores of photos from Disneyland Paris, but some great videos, videos uniquely interviewing all the Imagineers who headed up the different lands that created the original Disneyland Paris park. They can only be found on our YouTube channel and those links and videos are available on our notes page. Remember, Disney at Play, that's the place to go for celebrating the Disney fan in you. And Disney at Work is the place to go to, well, learn best in business practices from the happiest places on earth that you can adapt back to your own business organization. We have not one, but two really great Disney websites, and we invite you to check out both of them. Again, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. And and in the words of Sinbad from Sinbad Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day.